Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in today. We have a cool, cool actress who I love so much. She has an Amazon Prime movie going on right now. She is in a Christmas movie on Hallmark. She recurs on Young and the Restless and currently on Bold and the Beautiful. Please help us welcome Kelly Kruger Brooks. Pop it. Hi. Hi. Life is all about connection. This is what fills me right now because I haven't spoken to you in eight years, maybe more, but yet it feels like yesterday. So let's, I just want to start with talking about connection because connections are everything in this business in your life. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Hi. It's so crazy. I'm like looking at you going like, yeah, I just saw you yesterday, but it's been so long. So but it, long. I think too, um, I want to say for our specific bond, I don't know if it's because you you were the first acting coach I was ever sent to, right? Oh, so I see, I don't know. First. So that bond, and then, you know, we kept reconnecting over the years. So, and then every, I think when you were in my life and when we were working together each time was during such like a pivotal time of my life. So I, yeah. I find that our bond is, is very strong because of that. It's so deep, but, and yet, so it's just deep with heavy things and light things and laughter and, and just everything. And I, I have to just interject this, that I heard your voice. I was listening to one of your YouTube um, episodes and I, I was actually blow drying my hair and I heard your voice and I went, is that Brie Blair or is that Kelly? <laughs> and, and you guys who are listening have no idea what I'm talking about, but friends you take on she's friends with another actress Brie Blair who stars on who's on SWAT at the moment but you sounded exactly like her it was crazy and what's even crazier about my connection to Brie when you talk about connections is again she was my first friend in LA which is very funny and that's how <laughs> and it's just so crazy but her and I are are like legitimately sisters like if something is going on in her life I'll, I'll have a dream about it or she'll have a dream. And well, it's the weirdest thing. Like we're just, it's, it's, it's so interesting. Like when you form those bonds, how that, you know, just how those relationships build and how, even if you go months without speaking to each other, it's like no time has passed at all. And then you talk alike and you have the same manner as it's very Ooh. strange. Yeah. It's so, so strange. Okay. Let's talk about you. I think people know you from YouTube and from your shows and the makeup that you do and the tutorials that you do, but I want to know, I want people to know a little bit about you because it didn't just happen overnight, just having all the success. Let's talk about that path and the dream and how you kept on that dream to accomplish where you've gotten to today. Okay. I mean, I've known I wanted to act since I was pretty much out of the womb, but I was born in Montreal, Canada, which, you know, today there's a lot of opportunity in Canada, but back then there really wasn't. Um, being an actress in the community that I grew up in was a, a pipe dream. It was something people other than my mother um, would just laugh at. They'd be like, okay, yeah, she wants to be an actress. How cute. But luckily <laughs> I have a mom who was like, okay, you know, whatever you want to do. And so I was in theater. She would put me in every kind, anything I could do to perform as a kid. That's where I was a very shy kid. But when I was on stage, I came to life. It was like, it was, it was how I escaped 
I had a very difficult childhood. So it was how I escaped everything that I was dealing with. I would watch movies over and over. I would memorize scenes and go up, up to my room and reenact those scenes with my stuffed animals. It wow. was just acting has been the through line of my life that, um, that saved me when I was little, I'd watch movies to be inspired, mm -hmm. to escape, to have, you know, so, so I decided at a very young age, I want to be what I needed as a kid to mm -hmm. young girls. So I want to do work that if someone, I want to make people laugh. If they're going through a hard time, I want, I want to play characters that have this incredible arc where they start broken, but then win in the end and, mm -hmm. and have people leave feeling like they could do anything. Mm. It also leads to why I started my second business, which is the, like you said, YouTube, Instagram, the beauty, I have a line of essential oils, all of that. It really plays into the same overall objective, mm -hmm. which is to make a difference in people's lives, which, which is, is to, yeah, go ahead. So say, which is to what, which is to inspire people and to help make their day better in any way that I could do that. And it's just, this is why we're connected because we have the same thought process because I talk about in my book mm -hmm. as well about your passion and your purpose. And obviously your passion is acting, but your purpose is bigger and that give back will make you be more vulnerable and open to accepting all the success because the give is bigger. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? A hundred percent. And to go even further, we're skipping really way ahead, but for actors listening to this, it wasn't till I started my second, I want to say like, cause it's two careers really. Mm -hmm. They both go hand in hand. But when I started waking up in the morning and not having to, to wait for a casting director, a producer, or anyone to tell me I can do what I want to do today. And I could wake up every day and create my own content and make a difference in people's lives. That's when I started getting more acting jobs because I, my focus was like, I'm not waiting for you to say yes. I'm going to wake up today. I'm going to do something that I feel is making a difference for people. And that also fulfills me because I'm, I'm passionate about it. I'm going to share secrets. I'm going to share tips. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to create things. Like I'm going to make you laugh. You know, my husband, Darren and I, like sometimes we do these really funny videos on Instagram or TikTok, you know, these funny married lives and it makes people laugh. And, it, and, and so it was when I made that choice and this was in 2014 when I started my blog, but I want to say like 2017 was, mm -hmm. or, you know, 2016, 2017 was when I tr truly decided, like, I'm done waiting for people to tell me that I can create today. And that's when I started getting so many more acting jobs. So, and so, so incredible because you went from being needy to having a want yeah. and that want and to the give is so much bigger. Mm -hmm. And I think what it probably did for you too is open up that sparkle and your looseness and your playfulness, because if you don't have that in the work, you're going to be blocked and that's not going to close the deal. Yeah. And I stopped being, I started realizing how, you know, what's really important in like, I, I, you know, you talk about like giving when you're in these rooms auditioning and needing these jobs, you know, it's like, I remember listening to something with Matthew McConaughey where uh, he wanted a job so bad and the director looks at him and said come back when you don't want it so bad mm -hmm. this was like early years because yeah. that desperation you can be the best actor in the world but that desperation it's an energy that pushes people away because they're like oh yeah they're great but there's just something that's not you know there's something that's just she's not right or he's not right and trust me let me tell you i spent years in desperation 
years. Every single actor out there has. And when I was an actress, I did too. And I talk about it in my book. I had actors Tourette's. I would get so nervous and needy that I would be in a room and literally I would mess up a word and literally say, oh, fuck, can I fucking, I fucking, um, okay, thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how do you deal with those nerves and how do you deal with so you 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 make that you made that move by taking you know your life into your own hands and giving back on, on all the other parts of your business. But as an actress, how do you deal with nerves? Are you big on relaxation? Are you big on knowing that character inside and out that nothing can stop you from obtaining what your goal is in the scene? Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple things that I do. Number one, I, I'm a big meditator. I believe in meditation um, just for grounding all the time. So um, and I think that when you do that, it helps your whole day, whatever it is that you're doing. But I make sure that the work, I will not go audition for something unless I treat every audition like I'm shooting the the, the role. So mm -hmm. everything is so fleshed out and, and the work is so solid that when I'm in that room or I'm auditioning, I'm not thinking about the fact that, oh my God, I'm nervous because I want this job. I am living as this character trying to win my objective. And that's all that matters to me. So I forget that I'm in. And if I don't forget and I get nervous, then I haven't done the work. Then the preparation isn't as solid. So it's all about the preparation. A hundred percent. When you, when I wanted to, we'll talk about the soap and being on a soap versus uh, a lifetime movie or an episodic of television, the different genres, but that, that preparation of when you, when tell, tell us like a day in the life of getting an audition, how you, how you sculpt your work. Quickly, not like a whole big thing, but just a little bit so people can get an idea. So the first thing I do is I I do read the breakdown, um, but I try not to because I, I try not to pay attention to the breakdown other than like, you know, the age range because, you know, yeah. I play big age range and stuff like that. But I try not to. I, I read the sides first. I get a sense of what's going on, who the character is. If there's a script, I always read it because I want as much information as I possibly can. And then I really look at the overall of the character. What does she want? Who is she? What are her, you know, I start really just where is she, I do a lot of backstory, yes. but if I don't have time, because often, you know, pre pandemic, you know, you would get an appointment at 7 PM and you'd be going in at 10 AM. There's not a whole lot of time to do all of that work. Mm -hmm. um, but so I'll generally look at it and um, I'll look at the scene. What do I want? What's standing in my way? How am I going to get it? Mm -hmm. And then I go, okay, how, how does this apply? to my life personally, because I can't relate to a police officer, you know, something that's so not, but so how do I personalize it? So I, 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 you know, if, if I hate to, you, you know, I guess like if somebody is, I remember being like, oh, well, I would never, you know, let's say even physically to play some kind of like someone in the army, let's say. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. Um, so physically, it would be something that I would look at and be like, oh, I would never do that. But today, the way I approach my work is that doesn't matter because everybody's fighting a war. So what's your war? What are you fighting for? It could be a battle within yourself. It could be a battle in a relationship. It could be a battle with, um, you know, a parent, food, a friend. Like, so, so then you take that war and you personalize it to what your personal battle is yes. and it just comes to life and all of a sudden the meaning of like needing to survive that war becomes you know something that you literally are in that room going if I don't do this I will die like if I don't achieve 
it actually gives you a hook to the material. And what you're saying is that personalization combined with that imagination, because of course your imagination has to be full to drop into their, the written word, but then the personalization of that connection is everything. And that is incredible because when people start saying, well, what type do you think I am? I want to scream. I'm like, what are you talking about? Because looking at you, you're a gorgeous girl, right? Woman. But you can play a cop, you can play a lawyer, you can be a nurse, you can be a battered woman, you can be a high school student, you can be anything. So there's no such thing as type because when you go underneath the work, you're creating the riches. Right. And for a long time, I did listen to a lot of people who would tell me that I'm not that type and yeah. I could never play that. And yeah. it, did, it did sabotage me out of a lot of jobs because I believed it. And then I started saying, you know what? No, because if a casting director is willing to see me for something, then there's something in there that they think I could possibly be right for, you know, because it would be that kind of thing where people would say, oh, well, you can't. I use police officer as an example because it's very specific to someone yeah. telling, oh, come on, look at you. You're tiny. You can never do that. And then, you know, I would I see. I agree 100 percent. That I, I don't I always am outside the box, but yes, but there's no such sure. thing as that type situation. But go ahead. Yes. Sure. But I, that, but early on, you know, when you're young and you're impressionable and you have people you look up to that are like your God that, you know, are like yeah. whatever they say is truth. Mm -hmm. I believed it. And so for years I was like, oh, I couldn't do that. And then I stopped and I said, of course I could do that. This person's doing it and she's tinier than I am. Or, you know, it's like, why not? And so I think when you really go from the place of, of it all comes back to the work yeah. of really just personalizing it, using your imagination, like you said, and believing that you could do it. I want to bring up a really interesting thing on that note yes. um, that involves you. Oh, okay then. <laughs> there was a role that, remember, I used to be very insecure about my comedy. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that, right? I do remember that, yes. And I was so, I came to coach with you. It was on Ugly Betty. Do you, I, you're not going to remember this, but yeah, I will remind me. Let's go. Let's go. I'm, I'm interested because it's so about it was, me. Go ahead. Yeah. So thank you. And I had, I had a producer sesh. It was straight to producers. And I was so um, insecure about my, my comedic abilities. Right. And I said, let me go to Sherry. She'll help me with it. She'll give me like, you know, she'll maybe offer something that will help me like, you know. And so I come in and I did a lot of work to prepare for this because I was so nervous because it was such a big opportunity. And I ran it with you and you looked at me and you were like, you're going to test for this. And I had never tested for anything other than soaps before. And I literally, what that did for me was I went, oh my God, I, I might actually be able to test for this. Cut two, cut two. I go to producers. I walk into the room. I do the scene and you can literally hear a pin drop. Like it was no laughs. It was, I literally, I was like, they were like, thank you. Okay. I walk out of the room. I get in my car. I start hysterical crying. I, I suck. I shouldn't be an actress. What am I doing with my life? Like hysterical crying. I get home to a, to a, a phone call from my manager. I walk into the room and he was like, you killed it. He was like, they, I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, they want you to come back tomorrow. Um, half the room is like torn because like it was a fit, you know, whatever, whatever it was, they want you to come back in tomorrow. And I was like, but, but you can hear a pin drop. I didn't get a single laugh. And he was like, they were not expecting that from you. They were stunned. And that was the thing. So I go back the next day, wow. I go into the same group of people, same everything. They're on the floor. Like I couldn't even get words out. They were laughing so hard. Cuts to, I end up 
testing and I called you for it and I called you right away and I was like uh, oh, my tears my tears <laughs> in my I just I'm remembering all this and I just feel so so happy right now go ahead you test for it yes you and I was like I guess I'm testing. And you were like, I told you you were going to test. I was like, <laughs> I was about to throw it all away because I thought that, and, and this is another lesson for people of like, you, you can never read a room. Never. You know, some of the, some of the best jobs I've booked, I've left going, I, 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 that was the worst audition of my life and I'm not getting it. And then I get the call that, and then some of the rooms that I go into that I'm like this, I killed it. I'm booking this. There's no yeah. way I'm I never hear anything on. Right. So you have to like never, but the point of this whole thing was that you told me I was going to test and I believed you. And and I think that's the importance of like building, building self-esteem, building confidence. But I would never have said it if I didn't believe it either. Cause I don't bullshit. It's a gut, gut, gut feeling, but it is important to be surrounded by people who lift you up and guide you properly. Yes. Go ahead. That's the thing. Cause what it did was it gave me, it gave me the extra boost of confidence to go do what, what, what I needed to do. Maybe had, maybe had we not had that exchange, I wouldn't have had the confidence to go in and do what I did to be able to get the test deal. And it ended up being, you know, me and Becky Newton, the girl who, who got the role. Um, and, uh, we went very different, very different, very different so different. And we went all the way to network and I was in the elevator. It was just the two of us. And, um, we were in the elevator and she looked at me and she was just like, this is the first test I'm at where I'm okay. If I don't get it, because we are so different. Like she was like, it's the first time I'm not auditioning with 12 of me. You know, we had such different, everything about us. And so when I didn't go my way, you know, there were things that I, I, when I saw the show, I was like, this was hers. This was absolutely meant to be hers. And I was totally fine with it, but it was a, that was a big one that was hard for me to get over because I let nerves and all the stuff that we talked about previously to really get in the way. And I felt like I, I sabotaged a lot of that, um, by not preparing myself going into that network, like I should have, and not putting myself in a bubble. And I, I, this goes, you you didn't prepare after all that you let, you sort of were back in that little bit of self-doubt when that happened. When I, when I passed studio and we were going to network, I sort of something clicked and I, 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 you know, I spoke to the wrong people between studio and network that got in my head. And I think that's the importance of who you surround yourself with. It's so important, which I want to address at this very moment. I talk about at the studio, the uh, importance of your positive energy bubble and not let the outside forces pop that. Not to say that people can't be critical, but with, you know, love to help you grow. But you know what I'm talking about, those soul suckers. So how have you alleviated those soul suckers in your life? Is it because you have a family now and you don't need those other voices? Is your team different? Tell me. My team is completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, I I refuse to be with pe- anybody who will tell me what I can and can't do. I want everything to be, anything is possible. The sky's the limit. Yeah. Uh, my group of, my circle, my close circle of friends is completely, completely different. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, I really, really got rid of the people that, you know, I had a lot of people in my life who were really there for me when things were bad. But when things were going well, they were never happy for me. And that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. 
And I was constantly, I would help people with auditions and I would be there for them. And, you know, they booked a job. I would get so excited for them because it felt like I was booking a job because I was like, if it can happen for them, it can happen for me. Whereas I feel like a lot of actresses, and I understand that, and I've never, for some reason, I don't know, maybe it was my upbringing, but I always, I always um, looked at this business as there's room for everybody and something that you're going to get was never meant to be mine and something that I'm going to get was never meant to be yours. So I don't believe that anyone can take a role away from somebody. Um, Absolutely not. And if you have friends that are jealous of you, you know what I say to everybody out there? They're not really your friends. They're it not. is a support. It is teamwork and all levels. And even if someone looked like you and was so similar and was a close friend, then great. Why should you have the role? Why not? It has what? to be. It, yeah. Sorry. One thing I, I was, I'll say about Brie and why we've been friends for so long is because Brie and I are the type of friends that that understood this from a really early time. Brie's the girl who's going to call me and say, hey. I just went in on this thing. You'd be yeah. really right for it. Ask your agent about this. Or I'd call her and I'd say, hey, this is so for you. Get on this. And and that's the kind of, those are the kind of friends you want. Are people who are really like rooting, genuinely rooting for your success. You, you want everybody rooting for you. Your close friends rooting for you. And I, when I was an actress years ago, I had to cut some people out because they were very destructive in their feedback at, especially at the most vulnerable times. And I was like, who needs this? This is a career that has so much, you know, highs and lows. So you need those people around you and your friends and a hundred percent. Let yeah. everybody know what you're doing. If you're, if they're right for it, spread the good word. Cause it only comes back 10 it, times more. It does. And you can feel those energy suckers too, but you know, and anyone listening, like they know who those people are, the ones who are the takers and the takers and the takers. You know, one thing I also did was try to, I'm very, I'm a very big empath. So I really do take on the energy, the people around me. Mm -hmm. I will say, I feel like is why I started working a lot more with self tapes rather than being in the room. Huh. Because if I walk into Bunch. a room and yeah. what'd you say? You didn't sponge in the room. Yeah. And that was a huge thing for me that I realized I was like, oh, I'm walking into this room of like stressful people who are anxious and what, you know, and, and, uh, and so I, I really feel like when I was able to like start just throwing my stuff on tape and not thinking about all that, I, I get a lot of, you know, I've gotten great roles and I've tested for huge things off of that, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, but, um, I, noticed that a lot of people in my life were coming to me for, to fix them mm. to, you know, and it was the same thing over and over. And then, so I would spend an hour on the phone with someone and I would take on all their stuff, everything and listen and give them advice and try and help them. And then they go off and do their thing. And I'm left feeling like exhausted and sad and anxious and all of the things that they, you know, and I realized that I, um, and I have an interesting story about this and you can cut it if it's no, we, we love this. We love this. Go ahead. But I remember a very pivotal moment. It has to do with the Corgi movie that, um, that I, the Christmas movie that I was telling you about, um, that, uh, Let's that I say the title. Let's say the title of that movie again. It's, it's called a very Corgi Christmas it's <laughs> available on Amazon prime. Mm -hmm. it, it to the date might, 
I'd never done a, a Christmas movie before, but um, it was the best, it's the best experience of my life because you'll understand why when I tell you the story. Okay, great. So, um, so I had just found out that I was pregnant mm. with my daughter. Yes. It was January. Um, and I, a friend of mine and I was trying to get pregnant and it, it wasn't happening for me right away. So it took us, it took us about a year to get pregnant, which was a whole, which is a whole other thing of energy. Yeah. I mean, it all plays into, we got pregnant the month that I looked at my husband and I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm done trying. Let's yeah. just stop. And if it doesn't happen naturally by this date, then we'll get help. But I can't take this anymore. And I completely let go. That was the month that I got pregnant. Of course it was. And I watched that interview you did about that. And I immediately thought when you let go and just get so present, all the tension releases, all there's flow when you let go. And it just sounds so corny, but it's so true. It's so true. And that goes with every audition. Like when you leave the room, you have to truly just forget about it. And then you'll get that pleasant. But if you hold on, you hold on, you're waiting and you're waiting. It's like, it all comes in. But anyway, the whole thing was, I, I got on the phone with, with one of my friends who had just told me that I wasn't telling anyone I was pregnant. It was so, so early and I wasn't going to do that. Um, and she called to tell me that she was pregnant. And I was like, you know, if I wasn't pregnant right now, I would be devastated like because she just <laughs> like her third kid and she's just like right. oh you know um and she proceeded to to go on and on about how you know her career she was also an actress and I don't want to give too much about her but um but just how this feels how you know our lives were very parallel for a lot of in a lot of ways and you know our early 20s and certain things like that with relationships and whatever and she was saying a lot of things that really the way she was complaining about it did apply to me, you know, with like, you know, opportunities missed or whatever. And I try not to think about that kind of stuff, but mm -hmm. I spent an hour on the phone with her building her up and building her up and build, and here I am pregnant as well. A lot of this stuff, I told her I was pregnant ultimately because I was like, I, you know, we were also such good friends that to be, have babies, you know, the whole thing. Um, and I remember getting off the phone with her. I spent an hour, like she was just dumping and dumping and dumping. And I'm not, I actually am not friends with this person anymore for this, for, for a lot of me realizing that this is not, um, and I got off the phone with her and I spent an hour being her cheerleader and lifting her up and trying to make her feel better about everything and tell, and like, and I left the conversation feeling like, like shit, you know, I was like, God, wow, is this true for me? Like all of these things that she was saying, and, um, and I said, I can't do this kind of stuff anymore. Like, this is not healthy for me. And I'm not kidding. And I genuinely, what I said to her and the things that I, you know, I genuinely was trying to help her, but I realized like I got off and I was like, this is too much for me. I can't, I'm about to become a mother. Like mm -hmm. I can't take care of everybody anymore. It's, it's not healthy for me. Mm -hmm. Five minutes later, I get a straight offer to do this Corgi movie. Cleaning right. house, clearing it out, clearing it out. And I was like, and my first thought was, I can't. I was on my couch, sick as a dog, like, you know, <laughs> morning sickness. I was like, there's no way I can't go to Canada and shoot a, a, a happy, there's no way. And I read the script and I wanted to hate it. And I was like, oh, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. I read it. It was the sweetest, cutest thing in the world. <laughs> and I said, I have to do this movie. And I went and I was pregnant. Nobody knew I was pregnant except for our director and um, producers. Obviously they had to know. It was the best experience of my life. I, I had 
something shifted in me being pregnant, approaching the work too, you know, it changes everything about your, like, just freedom as an actor. I feel like I was just, your everything kind of shifts because you're like, you realize what's really important and you start- Something bigger is is happening, yes. Yeah, and so that shifted a lot for me, but but it was a situation where now, you know, we like, it's the kind of thing where my co-star on the movie, I, I played a, a mom in the movie, which I'd never really done before with the, you know, and he looked at me one day, he was this adorable, I mean, he was t- 10 years old and he looked at me and he's like, what things can I watch that you've done? And I looked at him and I was like, absolutely nothing. Oh. You can't watch anything that I've done because it's not appropriate. Every I've always played, you know, like you yeah, remember, yes, always yes. Like darker, you know. Yes, yes. So I, I realized I said like now my daughter every year on Christmas we can watch this movie and she was in oh. my belly, you know. Oh, so it's so heartwarming. That is, but plus you talked about having joy in the work and and finding things and and pieces to work on that are joyful. Not to say that if you were working on a drama, you could find the joy in that too, but that is, uh, I just live my life sparkling, especially with everything that's going on in the world. You still, and you being an empath, and I'm sort of the sixth sense person and I see things that are gonna happen and all that, but you still have to stay in your own path mm-hmm. and keep keep pursuing the dreams for the actors that are living out there. Yeah. I mean, they're listening, not living, but are listening out there. <laughs> That's a yeah. beautiful story. Yeah, it was really sweet. And and but the I feel like the moral of it is that like in a way, the universe kind of I hate to correlate it, but it was a way that I made a decision and I said, you know, I can't have this kind of energy in my life anymore. I want to be happy. I wanted to, you know, and then I got this really happy offer and yes. this opportunity. And I I really do think it's like I live by when you make a decision in your life the universe conspires to make it happen for you when you truly make a decision. I 1000% agree. I'm not a religious person, but I am about the energy. 1000%. Yeah. hundred million percent. Did you meet your husband before you were letting go of that? Oh no, that was probably during the time. So, you know, you were with him. I met him uh, when I was in the thick of, yeah, I was, I was not in the best place in my life when I, when I met him and uh, he he was my best friend before we started dating. Mm. And so it was almost like he, he really was the beginning of all of this shift because he lives his life this way naturally. You know, he is just very positive. He does not do drama. He does not take on people's energy. He's, he's there for people, but he, he knows how to really just let things roll off his back. And I've learned a lot. I want to say, I have to credit him to be, I have to credit him. He taught me how to, create boundaries, how to really not, you know, their problem is their problem. You can be there for them, but you don't have to lose yourself for them. You don't have to take so much of yourself for them. And if, 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 if people are energy suckers and vampires, like why, why do you keep allowing them to, to deplete you like this? Because there's something in yourself that you need to work on because empathy is okay, but grabbing on is just going to hurt yourself. But I yeah. want to move on. I want to move on. I want to talk about the different genres, okay? Because you've done all of them. Yeah. And being on a soap opera right now, you know, people think that soap opera is so different. But what is different about being on a soap versus being on episodic versus being on doing a Christmas movie? What's the adjustment? The biggest thing is the amount of material you do in a day. Mm-hmm. So, for example, on a soap, you can shoot 80 pages in one day. 
on a primetime show, the most you're doing is what these days. Okay. Maybe 15. (laughs) That's a lot. Maybe, maybe, maybe. It's usually about 10, right? Um, same thing on a film, you know, even the, the, you know, we were doing about 10 pages a day, depending, sometimes it's, it depends on what you're working on. Um, so the other thing is you get in primetime and film, you get the opportunity to do multiple takes because you're doing coverage and you're, you know, so you have time to get there on a soap. You have to be ready. I mean, there were days on Young and the Restless this last time that I went back because I was on when I was a kid and then I left. And then, you know, um, where I showed up to set, I was doing some really heavy stuff and they were like, we're not even going to rehearse. We're just going to jump right in. So we didn't even get a rehearsal. So on a soap opera, you have to be ready. There's no time to get there. There's no time to find it. You need to find it before you step onto that set. And so that's where the preparation and me being an over-preparer has really helped me in the soap world because you can't really just, you know, yes, there's people who've been on for 30 years that show up and look at their lines that morning and they they wing it and they, it's just a muscle and it's, you know, but I personally, I can't work that way because I know my work will be, inauthentic and I I get that's when I get nervous is when I don't have my preparation so so the biggest difference between the genres is the amount of time the amount of takes and the amount of material you're doing every day how do you learn all that material so quickly though how is that possible when you're thinking about the life of the character and connecting it to your heart there's so many other obstacles that are going on What's what's your skill on that I mean I think I got lucky that being on a soap was my first real thing. So I did it for two years as like before I ever did anything else. Mm. So I think your brain is sort of trained. You sort of train that muscle and it just, and the other thing too, is remember on a soap, you're also, you're in people's living rooms every single day. So a lot of the stuff you have to repeat from day to day, because if you missed yesterday, you're kind of filling them in. Mm-hmm. So once you're in a storyline, you kind of know, and you don't have to be word for word on a soap, as long as you're getting to the point of what mm-hmm. the scene is about. Um, so I think it's just that muscle that, that, that you just, you know, it's, it's, uh, I, it seems like it would be a great, great groundwork for incredible training. And I have so many actors who have been on soaps for so long. And Eric Martzolf, excuse me, Eric, sorry, that word always jumbles, but he's been on since our scene study showcase class in, I don't know, 2007. He's been on a soap right from that class onto a soap. And it's an incredible nine to five job. It's the best. It's the best job. First of all, it's also, it's the best if you want a, a, a real foundation and a life and a, and a relationship and a family. It's the, to me, I'm, I couldn't be more grateful to be in this because Mm -hmm. now as a mother, it's like, I don't want to be still doing it, of course, but like to be constantly traveling and uprooting and, you know, it's just, it's a nice, it's a nice thing to have. And it's, it's, it is a great nine to five. Um, And it's also, you know, you get to build your, these are, it's your family. You're with the same people for all of these years. And it's, there's something really cool about that, that I think people, some people get stifled and they're like, Oh, I just want different. And I want more. And I want, you know, but I can look having been someone who is in the soap world out in the world, back in the soap world, you know, I go back and forth so much that I really see the value in like how lucky we are 
to be part of this world and to be in this community. Incredibly lucky. Plus it's about artistry. You're telling a story. You're creating a life of a character. Now, obviously the people that have been on it a long time, it's in their body, it's in their bones, right? But it's still all about artistry. But the genre, what I wanted to talk about is, is like different sets, like in film, it's a, it's a much more intimate. Is the vocal tones, is the energy, is it just the same, just the truth wins out? Is that basically it? It's the same. I, I believe that. Yes. Um, and I think that the, I choose to, I don't look at, I don't look at material and go, okay, this is soap. This is my movie stuff. This is my primetime stuff. I, I do it all the same. And if people want to adjust and bring you up or, you know, I, I don't, I've never looked at it like that. Um, and, and that's been maybe to my detriment in certain, like, you know, for like multicams and stuff like that, because I really do, you do have to pivot and adjust to, yeah. to what the material is. But as far as soap to, in terms of dramas and soap to primetime and yeah. film, I approach it the same way, all of it, because if I'm not, then I'm not being, then I'm not, then I'm in my head. Got to stay in that body, stay yeah. in that body the whole time. What yeah. show or what film type film, what would you like? What would be a dream next gig? Just putting it out there in the universe. What would it be? I mean, I watch everything, every show I watch it. And of course, in my mind, I could totally see you and your husband, Darren yeah. on it's of course it's British, but there's a show called The Great and having sort of a period, period-esque feel to it, you guys yeah. could both fit into that world so easily. But what would be a dream gig for you? We're just gonna put I, it out there. I mean, look, we're watching, it's, you know, it's so interesting that you are, you're to ask me this question because I have to say as a mother now, yes. I really love the light stuff the light content pre having having a baby I was like give me the darkest thing that you could possibly give me I want to you know but now especially after doing Corgi you know the Christmas yeah. movie, so right before I did that I did this Netflix movie called home is where the killer is and <laughs> it is it just makes you laugh and then it, yeah. Yeah, it's not a comedy <laughs> and that that film is really just like I'm like my, my character is just recovering from you know she's just finished her last round of chemo and her whole life is falling apart and she moves in with this woman who ends up becoming obsessed with her and starts like literally trying to kill her throughout the whole oh um but it was like before I was like yes this is the best and and I really had a great time doing that and I it was such a it, it turned out great and I, I loved being a part of it but but um but then when I started doing Corgi and I started seeing like, oh God, like you can show up on set and laugh all day long and, and go home and feel and go to sleep and fall asleep. Per like there's something about that, that I personally love, but um, you know, we're watching Succession right now on HBO oh. and uh, that kind of work is so inspiring to me when I watch actors just live. There's you, I mean, there is not a moment on that show where, where you see acting. No. Nope. You know? um, Incredible. So it's like, you know, that would be, a, I would love to, to work on a show like that. Or, um, you know, obviously the undoing was incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's just been shows that we've been like, or, you know, we watched the flight attendant that that was like Kaylee Cuoco, I think did, did you get to see that yet? I, you know what? I heard about that, but I did not see that. So I'm going to now watch that. I'm, I'm actually taking a note right now to watch that. You know why her work is. I heard that. That's yeah. what I heard about her. It, unbelievable she's someone who is you know her as a sitcom girl and here she is like i mean she, her work is brilliant in it and i but really here's the thing 
here's the thing about comedy. If you can do comedy, you can definitely do drama. If you can do drama, you might not be able to do comedy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's true. It all comes from the deepest, deepest pain pit, which of course is your power pit. Before we close out, and there's so much to hang out and talk to you about. And I love you so much. And I'm so happy. I'm so happy. And I hope this inspires everybody because this is the give back. I just want people to be inspired and just go for their dreams 100%. What inspiring advice could you give to actors out there as they pursue their dreams now during COVID? um, Because we have to pivot. We just have to pivot. And then you can stay open and, and courteously aggressive. But what's some advice that you would give to our listeners? I mean, I would have a vision for yourself and have a have have the goals that you want to achieve. And no matter what happens, no matter how many no's you hear, um, you have to keep your blinders on and stay focused on that goal. And just know with every fiber of your being that it's going to happen no matter what, no matter what pandemics are going on, no matter what, at yeah. some point, you just stay the course and it's going to happen. And don't let people, things... Um, deter you from that. The other really important advice that I can give, because this really, really did change my life as an actor is, you know, I really feel like you need to find something else, Mm -hmm. find something else that when you're, instead of sitting by the phone and waiting to see if you got that audition that you just, that role that you just auditioned for, that you can then put your energy into that takes your mind off of it, that fulfills you, that makes you happy. This could be a hobby. It doesn't have to be something that, you know, it'd be great if you can find that other thing to bring in an income, because that will help relieve the need to work and all that stuff. But just find something else that, that fulfills you and that makes you happy and keeps your energy. You know, you talk a lot about energy and, and attracting things. If you believe in that and being open, a lot of that, if you're sitting there just, you know, find that thing, it could be meditation. It could be anything, but something to put your energy into that is not acting. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I noticed, I see, you know, a lot of the people I look up to, they always have something else. They have restaurants, they have, mm-hmm. um, they have passion projects that they do. And I think that that is really important to constantly work on your craft, be ready. Cause that's mm-hmm. a big thing. You yeah. see a lot of people get their opportunities and they fail because they're, they haven't been training. They haven't been ready. Um, so I would say be ready, but find that thing that, that keeps you, um, that keeps you, sorry, Darren, just walked in. <laughs> um, find that thing that, 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 that keeps you driven, keeps you motivated, keeps you happy so that you are allowing what's supposed to come, you know, do your work, but, but that you're always staying in like a positive headspace and you're not, you know, especially when you hear you don't get that role. Well, what are you going to go do to, to bring you out of the, cause nine out of 10 jobs we don't get. And we just don't, it's just the way it is, you know? So it's like, but, but if you're so upset about the last one that you didn't get, you're, you might miss the, the next one that you're supposed to get, right? A hundred percent. Let so it go. Let it go. Let it flow. Let it flow. Kelly, I love you so much. I'm so happy. Before we close out, how do people buy your product or see your tutorials? Tell us really quickly or not really quickly. Just tell us. So you can find me on Instagram at Kelly L. Kruger. And then I have a line of essential therapeutic organic oils that have that are my favorite thing ever, but that's uh, Madison Charles oils so that you can find me on Instagram or kellycrugerbrooks.com. 
And uh, yeah, my YouTube is also just uh, YouTube slash Kelly Kruger Brooks. I'm going back to watching them. I love you. I wish you so much more success. I really want to see your baby when COVID is over. Well, and everybody out there, stay. Oh, is the baby here right now? You see her right now? Yes, of course I do. Of course I do. <laughs> Hi. Oh, oh my goodness. This is incredible. Hello, gorgeous. This is Everly. Hi, Everly. You can wave hi. Can you say hi? Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Everly, can you blow a kiss to everybody? Okay. Can we do it? Blow Ooh. a kiss. Mwah. Look at this cute family. Okay, thank you so much for coming. Hey, yeah. everybody, stay courteously aggressive. We'll see you next time.